Life can throw a lot at you. But imagine if your life were different, better, not because of what's coming at you, but because of what's coming from you. Let's get there together. Join us and imagine yourself. Words and thoughts are powerful. So today we want to do what we do best. We want to get you to imagine your best self, doing your best things, living your best life. I'm Lene. And I'm Sandy, and I am thinking this is going to be amazing. Am I taking a step in the right direction? You are, because that's what we want. We are imagining ourselves thinking and concentrating on the power of our thoughts. We want to bring some new insight into that old quote, I think, therefore I am. Ooh, that's deep. Today, we're just going to get to meet someone who has been consciously redefining who she is and what she does. Our guest today is Dr. Jennifer Goebel who for more than two decades would have ordinarily introduced herself as a mental health counselor with her own private counseling practice. But now that she's retired, she can be introduced as a writer who uses the mighty power of the pen. She's published My Clients, My Teachers, The Noble Process of Psychotherapy. She's a blogger. She's a newspaper columnist who writes a weekly article, Mental Matters. Writing is her way of continuing that cycle of helping people to use their thoughts to lead them to the places and mental spaces that they want to be instead of letting our thoughts just hold us down and hold us back. So we want to thank you for joining us, Dr. Jennifer Goebel. Thank you so much. Thank you for the introduction. You've done your homework. Oh, yes. We do. We have read your blogs. We've read your book. Everything. We are ready for you. A couple of the great insights I think you're going to be able to give are with the power of thoughts, one, how it helps people in your practice that come to you with a specific issue, but also how the power of thoughts help in our day-to-day life, right? Exactly. I think people need to recognize and believe how powerful their thoughts are and how much control they actually do have over how they feel and what they do. We forget that. Sometimes we just feel victimized or like we're just in a ebb and flow without any control. And that's really not true. So I've read your book and I love it. It's a a nice layman's one because you don't have to be an industry professional to understand it. It really helps. You had a story about one of the clients named Donna. She actually got very upset with you because you kept telling her that she was in control and she had 100% control of her thoughts. And it took right. a while for her to really buy into that. In fact, she never really did. She finally just quit coming because she would just get so upset that I didn't buy into her inability to do anything about her situation. That's the one where I got the letter about a year later, or several years later, I think it was, that said, thank you. And it did help. Better. It didn't sink in at the yeah, moment, yeah. but then later on, yes. it, the light bulb must yes. have gone off. Exactly. Before I go on, I want to say that I love your podcast, and I love the name of your podcast because it's called Imagine Yourself, and where does imagination start? In your thoughts. Oh, this is a total tie-in, right? But that is true. That was our goal when we started it, was to help people change the way their life was going to turn out by changing the way that they think about their life. Questions and possibilities that they hadn't opened up for themselves initially. If we can't imagine it, which is our thoughts. I'm not saying that doesn't ever happen if you don't imagine it. Obviously, things happen that we don't even think about, but it sure improves our odds if we start out in our thoughts with an imagination that we can become or that we can do or that we can 
feel. I'm a very cognitive behavioral therapist, and so that's the belief system is that everything starts in our thoughts, and then it goes to our feelings, and from our feelings, it goes to our behavior. You know, if you're sitting on the couch and you've got yoga class and you don't want to go, your feet hitting the floor is not the first thing that happens. <laughs> no. The first thing that happens is that you've got to have something in your head that says, this is valuable, I feel better when it's over, I'm going to do it, I'm committed. Whatever goes on in your head is what really initiates your feet hitting the floor. And it all happens in nanoseconds, but it's important to remember where it starts because when we go to solve a problem or we go to analyze what's happening around us, we know where to start. So it's not like I just don't feel like going. It's my thoughts start those feelings. And if you can believe that and remember that, just think how helpful that is. Because yeah. like you said, it gets you motivated. It gets you started. Yeah. It gets you going because you're not going to get there if you don't mentally get there first. <laughs> That's right. And it's the same, you know, with anything. You talked about the different parts of my book, the common things that people come to therapy for. In every one of those categories, the power of thought is really prevalent. If you're having trouble with parenting or your relationships are awry and they're not going where you want them to be. I always use this little equation. It's called E plus R equals O. And usually the event is something that we can't do anything about. I mean, it's over. E. The event's done. Yeah. So it's constant. The E okay. doesn't change. Okay. And the R is the response and the O is the outcome. So the only thing you can really control is the R and the O, because if you use your thoughts to control your reaction to the event, then your outcome is what really matters. It's whether you're happy or sad, or it's your reaction to the event that keeps you moving in the direction that you want versus getting stuck. I like that. And it kind of goes with something that I read. I read an article that you wrote this year, and it profoundly stuck out to me. It did not mention the event plus response equals outcome, but it goes right with that because this is the thing. Anybody who's listening who says, I'm going through a lot right now, whether it be that I'm going through health issues or marital issues or parenting issues or anxiety, the part from your article, and I'm going to quote it, you said, nobody is exempt from life's low blows. Events That's where right. we worry and stress are warranted. I mean, you're not trying to make us robots. You told us that no. Heavy emotion is necessary and reasonable, but it needs to be temporary. And you said that we need to give ourselves time to be mad, sad, and afraid, <laughs> but not sign a 30-year mortgage. <laughs> it really just, it, it makes sure that you're making sure that we can have our time to grieve and to deal with it, but we don't have to stay stuck there which is something that my aunt always said. She said, you don't want to set up camp there. <laughs> That's another great way to say it. Mm -hmm. Give yourself as much time as you need. But when it gets to a point, you just have to go up to your brain and say, you know, I'm kind of tired of living like this. Another thing that affects our ability to really trust what we think is taking care of ourselves. If we're not sleeping well, if we're not eating right, if we're not eating colorful food, if we're not hanging out with people that are positive, that make you feel good. Those kinds of things also deplete your ability to really think in your strength. So there's times when you can really trust those thoughts, and there's times when you have to just kind of go take a nap because <laughs> you, you, you can know that you're not really yourself. That's what I tell my daughter sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I say to my kids, I say, hey, I think you need to take a second, eat an apple, take a nap, take a shower, and get back on exactly. track. And it's those yeah. basic human needs that are messing with your mind right then you also mentioned something that really stuck out to me because we had another guest a while back, Craig Schroeder, who taught us the power of who we hang around with. 
And he said oh, that, yeah. you know, the five or six core people that you hang around with, that starts to determine the way that you act and the way that you think and the types of things that you do. And so mm-hmm. their ways and thoughts begin to rub off on us. And I pulled up this quote by uh, Wilford Peterson, and I want you to tell me what you think about it, Dr. J. It says, walk with the dreamers, the believers, the courageous, the cheerful, the doers, the successful people with their heads in the clouds and their feet on the ground. And that just makes me feel like if you hang around people like that, you tend to focus your thoughts higher and you tend to go in better places. It's very important to be selective and to take some initiative to invite the person that you want to have lunch with and to take the initiative to make the phone calls of people that you really want to visit with, that lift you up, that help you to have that mind control that gets you where you want to be. Not that you can cut out every negative person in your life because sometimes no, no. they're like, you know, what are you going to do? Member. No, but if that's all you have in your life is negative people, just imagine the impact that has on you. You start to think like them, right? Absolutely, yeah. I often really am concerned about people in all of these war-impacted countries because I know what it takes to have a good positive outlook, but it's just like, how do they do it under those kinds of circumstances? It seems almost unimaginable what they go through. And in your book, Dr. J, you talk about patients who have some pretty serious things going on, not to that extent, but I think it was Carmen, and I should mention, you changed all the names of the people in your book to protect their identity, but she had so much going on, health issue after health issue, and yet she managed to keep a pretty decent attitude. She would come in. She was on every kind of medicine you could imagine. And it interfered from her driving and really walking right and being able to even hardly stay awake during the day. And she was allergic to her house. Allergic to her house? Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, the dust and whatever's in our homes. So she had to keep a really sterile environment, which she wasn't able to clean herself. She had to get some help in. But anyway, she just came in with this smile and she was amazing. And she did all of that in her thoughts. She counted her blessings every morning. She didn't dwell on her illnesses. She didn't dwell on her financial situations because of her illnesses. She just was glad to wake up in the morning and glad to see her husband and glad that she had some friends. And that's what she thought about. Wow. So she was a success story, depending on which angle you want to look at, right? Yeah, in every way, because of how she thought about her situation. Her situation was dire, but she made the best of it. So would you say that there are people who seem to have it all or, you know, have a very comfortable life or they have a family that loves them or X, Y, and Z. But yet, because of their thoughts, they are more miserable than a person who legitimately has these issues going on. Absolutely, yeah. I'm sure you can think of examples too. People you know personally that seem to have the world by the tail, but yet they're kind of negative and bring out the worst scenario when they talk about a situation. Yeah, I definitely think we know people like that. In fact, Lene and I were talking in another podcast about somebody I knew a while back whose nickname was literally the cloud. So sure, it does happen. But for anybody, even though we know we can control our thoughts or people tell us we can control our thoughts, it seems so difficult and sometimes impossible, even though maybe we intellectually know it's not. So what do you do? Well, I would just stop and think about it. You have a lot of control of how you think. So you have a lot of control of how you're feeling right now. Tell Mm -hmm. me this. What if people begin to infuse positive thoughts into their life 
even if they're not their own thoughts, by positive affirmations, a positive oh, yeah. podcast, mm -hmm. a positive mm -hmm. writing. I know that you personally, now that you are not currently in your practice, you have gone to writing. You use different compelling stories and you also ask compelling questions to people who take a look at your blog. I feel like you're trying to lift good things out of them. And what if we start our days like that? I know that you have a blog, Rural Women, Rural Stories, because you mm -hmm. are a rural Colorado native. And I think that right. you like to concentrate on stories of people who have overcome things and highlight those. I think that the more we concentrate on that, even if it's not our own original thoughts, the better that we will do. Absolutely, yeah. I love the podcast realm that we're in right now because I can listen to podcasts, and yours is so positive. I really enjoy your podcast. Well, thanks. What we surround ourselves with, whether it's just words or whether it's people or activities or whatever we choose to do, all of that contributes to the quality of our day. Think of a day one to ten. What can make your day a six, seven? Anything above a five is a pretty good day. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> thing. Yeah. Make it that, you know. We can do a lot of things to surround ourselves with positive thought, positive people, positive activities that can help us live above a five. And those positive activities are another one too, because many times yeah. you feel like lots of people get in that rut, wake up, go to work, do this. We've talked about this a little bit too. That's how we were initially introduced to you. We were trying to prepare for our podcast on getting relaxation and how important it is to get recharged. And we saw oh, your yeah. blog and it talked about doing those activities that will recharge you and that get you back on track and get you out of that rut. That brings up something that's also really important, and that is having a voice. Because what you enjoy and what uplifts you isn't necessarily what works for your best friend. So, you know, we have to have a voice to say no to something and to say yes to something so that we really are meeting our own needs instead of just doing what somebody else wants to do. I've heard those yeah, are the two I mean, most powerful words, no or yes, fulfilling or yeah. changing your destiny right there. And because we have you and because you will always have a respect for, as your book says, the noble process of psychotherapy, you mm -hmm. have me thinking because there have to be people out there in the audience right now who are thinking that perhaps their voice is not being heard or their thoughts are not turning in a positive direction. And sometimes people do need to actually seek professional help and therapy. Absolutely. And who, you know, who better than a someone who's had decades of expertise in that area? I want to know, first of all, of course, this book is just helpful because it does give real life examples and very moving and touching cases of actual people. It kind of shows you what it would be like to be a client if you need to consider that mm -hmm. option for yourself. How do you know if you really need to go ahead and take that step and seek therapy? I think the strongest thing that gets people to finally make the phone call is that they're just so tired of being kind of stuck. stuck. They're tired of feeling that way. They've tried this, they've tried that, nothing's working. And they just feel like they need an outside, neutral, educated, professional person to help get over that hump. When that happens, they also really work hard because they're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so they really come in and they really listen and they really implement the things that are talked about. When you get somebody in that's been court ordered or somebody that's drug in by their spouse or whatever, it's not really helpful. But if they're ready, then it can be very, very helpful. Sometimes it's better than just trying to do it all on your own. 
Right. Because if somebody is hearing this and saying, I can't seem to control my thoughts, I need somebody to help direct me because I am not doing it on my own. A professional is going to be able to help guide you. You walk people through these things, right? Sure. Absolutely. And sometimes life really dumps on you. You can lose a job and your finances get in trouble and it just can go on and on and you can have a death in the family. Yeah. And you need help. I would need help. Sometimes all of us are just human and we just can't figure it out on our own. Because sometimes you have situational issues. Sometimes you have depression that is either uh, a result of something medically going on with you or, like I said, situationally and just emotionally and mentally. How do you convince a person who is right there on the edge that it will be okay to speak with a therapist, that anyone who's afraid to make that step, how do you reassure them? Usually when they're to that point, they don't have much to lose. Give it a try. Nowhere to go but up. (laughs) See if you've got some mental health coverage. See if there's something at work that can give you some help with the finances. Oftentimes it's finances that stop them. You know, out in my area of Colorado, I mean, there aren't a lot of resources out here. And so that's also a problem. I think that's one of the reasons I like to write because I think I can reach some people that really don't have the resources. Yeah, you are a wonderful resource for a lot of people. And actually, Lene and I, having found you as well, we can get sort of a different perspective on things. I think she and I have always lived in and around big cities. And you're out there. People are farmers. Rural Women is your website. And we're all right. facing the same darn issues, right? <laughs> yes. I know. Isn't that the truth? You mentioned the rural life. One of the things about my rural women's stories that is so delightful to me, not only do I get to sit down with these women that have lived out in this country, like you just said, where they don't have the resources around them, and it's just a, a totally different life. But when they give me their story, it's positive. And what they remember, what's sitting in the front of their head that they remember from years ago are the most delightful things, things that they haven't even hold anybody else, but it's sitting there in their brain somewhere, but they're always positive, uplifting. They talk about what a great life they had. It was great living on the farm. I loved horses. It goes on and on. How positive they are in the thoughts that are still embedded in their memory. Maybe that should be our goal. That is very What, living on a farm? Well, not necessarily living on the farm part, but whatever, (laughs) wherever we lived, wherever we grew up, being able to, like my goal would be to be 80 or 90 something and someone says, tell me a little about your life. And like a smile comes to my face. And I think about, I know. you know, oh, I enjoyed yeah, growing up this way. And this was how it was living with my sisters and brother and with my kids. Yeah. And oh, my goodness, even though we had to deal with the economic crash of 2008, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was still it brought us together. I just I wish and I hope and I pray that that becomes the way my story sounds. The positive. Yeah. yeah. The positive. And I never even thought mm-hmm. about that until you just said that. That when you're interviewing these women, that's what you're getting? That is yeah. awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah, it is awesome. It's just crazy what they have stored up there in their memories. And I try to write those stories using their voice, using their own words and their sense structure, and they're just delightful. So ruralwomenstories.com, is that the... Web address? You no, know, you can get there. Yeah, you can get there. Ruralwomenstories.com. It's a little complex, but you can just go jennifergobel.com too. It's all a same website. I would never have stumbled upon your website if I hadn't been doing research on the relaxation. We yeah. can learn so much from each other in different parts of the country. It is so true. 
And I do have a secret fantasy life where I live on a farm and in another lifetime. Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> well, now, does your husband know about all no, that? No, I don't. <laughs> Not that I probably will ever do that, but I just wonder what it would be like to be around nature and just dependent on your work yeah. of your hands to pick the crops. I'm going to say something that sounds really stupid and city-like, no, so I'm going to, to stop provide, myself. To provide yeah. for your food and provide for your family. That is... Very noble. Yeah. <laughs> you just, like I said, you just got to get in your head in those powerful thoughts and imagine yourself. That's right. Yeah, Even that's if right. it's just for a vacation or an away time, like you said, to get oh, yeah. that experience. I want to make sure. So now when I looked on your website, jennifergobel.com, and that's G-O-B-L-E, uh-huh. I see, of course, the rural women, rural stories, little tips or different stories about counseling and therapy and just questions to ask mm-hmm. myself and what you've been up to, also as far as ways to get your book. I got my book off of Amazon.com, but I'm sure you can also get that uh-huh. on your website as well, right? Right. And right. you invite people to share their own stories and to ask you questions. I just want to make sure people know that they have you as a handy resource, too. <laughs> yeah, they can write Absolutely. into you and everything, right? Absolutely, yeah. And my newspaper articles are on there, too. I write a newspaper column once a week. That's that Mental and, Matters, uh, right? Yeah, it's posted on there, too. It's just like your podcast. It's just something that you can look at that's positive, that can keep your thoughts going in the direction that you want to end up. You're thinking about a road that you want to walk on, a path that you want to walk on. Pick a path that's positive. And so your blog and my website and a lot of things out there are just positive things to put in your thoughts so it can keep you going down that right road. I love it. I think that in your case, writing has just been instrumental in you helping others and very likely helping yourself. I know that you mentioned in your writing too that you went into the counseling profession thinking that it was all going to be about you helping others, but you said that you learned so much from the people that you worked with. You said that they taught you life is about learning. And truth so much. Is, yeah, uh, is about changing. <laughs> and counseling is about changing. So you were asking about what could I say to somebody to get them to think about going to counseling. When you're ready for change, it's a great place to have somebody just walk you through, help you get in your head, help you think of some logical things, help you realize what kind of power you do have and what kind of control you do have when you feel like your life is out of your own control. I agree. Every time here at Imagine Yourself, we have something called takeaway time where we try to incorporate kind of a go-to for what we've learned for the day. Mm -hmm. And I really think that we talked about infusing your life with positive messages and podcasts and books and things like that. We've talked about doing activities that are suited to you. And we've talked about going to seek therapy if that is something that you need to do. And of course, the power of thoughts. There's a takeaway that I'm actually kind of taking it out of the article again that you wrote this year. You mentioned an anonymous quote, and it says, worrying does not take away tomorrow's (laughs) troubles. It takes away today's peace. And I just feel that that combined with you said again, you kind of emphasized it with the exclamation point, allow your thoughts to shift. Dr. Goble, we really want to thank you verbally and mentally and thought-wise and all those ways for well, giving us those so new perspectives. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to give you my takeaway. Um, yes, my please takeaway. do. Yeah. That's the best. My takeaway has been the power of the three of us, positive people, having a conversation. 
it's been delightful. It's been uplifting. It's been empowering. Yes. And so I think that's a takeaway for everybody, too, is to have conversations with people that you respect, people that are uplifting, people that have different ideas, different ways of looking at something. It's just really valuable. I agree. I think the next person will, the next time they come across something, they might choose. It's almost like there was that Matrix movie a long time ago. You take the red pill or the blue pill. Are you going to take the positive road or the negative road? (laughs) Oh, bonus points for a Matrix reference. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Way back there on that one. It's a classic that really shows you, do you want to pick up the movie or the book or the conversation that is going to be positive? Or do you want to just... Stick with the crazy, scandalous, ratchet stuff out there. <laughs> Which way is Keanu Reeves going? That's right. Yeah. Keanu's in the positive. No, I know, but I'm saying I'm going. Uh, oh, unfortunately, he <laughs> if he went the wrong way, I'd probably still follow him. Well, that's like wrong. Keanu. <laughs> no, but that's another issue. And there is going to be a Matrix 4, by the way. With him in it? Yes. You haven't heard? I have not heard this. Dr. I... Goebel, did you hear about the Matrix 4? No, I haven't. Okay, well, take me. Take me, Sandy, because that's a movie I want to see. <laughs> we talk about the people we hang with. I'm on that level. I, I like Keanu Reeves, and I like The Matrix, and I like that whole thought about, like, busting out of the mold and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's even a third takeaway for the day. Yeah. <laughs> that's Sandy's yeah. takeaway. Yeah. Keanu Reeves is my takeaway. I well, wish. But yeah, just overall, kidding. we just, I really yeah. just want to make sure that at the end of this thing, everybody just remembers it is imperative to be mindful of your thoughts. So I end this by saying, imagine yourself thinking about what you're thinking. Thanks for listening. Now we'd like to hear from you. Got an idea for the show? Want to share your story or just say hello? Make sure you connect with us. You can do that at imagineyourselfpodcast.com. And we'll talk to you again next time when we have something new to imagine.